SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, The Sports Grid, a radio network. On today's show, we're going to talk NFL and contests. That's right, all the football contests. Not just here in Las Vegas, there's contests now across the country. I'm going to bring in Las Vegas Chris at Las Vegas Chris. No H in Las Vegas Chris, by the way. For what it was worth, Las Vegas Chris on Twitter, a guy who had a couple of top five contest finishes last year, and it's not the first time uh, he's done that. I'm going to ask about contest strategy, and you're darn right. We're going to ask about the NFL bet on, bet against teams, and the work. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good discussion with Las Vegas Chris today. But before we bring him in, before I bring him in, I got to talk about the lore of contest. There's something to be said. For contests where you're putting in, and some of these are expensive. They're a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks to enter. Um, you know, the granddaddy of them all, the Super Contest here in Vegas, uh, is just one of a number. There's the Circus Sports Millions. There's the DraftKings Pro Football Millionaire Pick'em that's available in New Jersey, New Hampshire, and West Virginia, and Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and Colorado, and Tennessee, and Virginia, and maybe more. There's obviously the Super Contest. There are the Survivor Contest, Circus Survivor, DraftKings, Pro Football, Millionaire Survivors. I mean, there's plenty of contests, and they're big. All right? The big ones are thousands of entries. You know, Circus had 3,000 entries last year. Um, so when you're talking about top finishes, <laughs> uh, you're talking about someone who's obviously, it's not just about picking winners. There's a lot to learn in terms of contest strategy. So we'll talk with Chris about that. But there's certainly the lore of contests, the lure. My second year in Vegas, 1999, I had a top 10 finish in the Super Contest. And one of the reasons I moved out here was I wanted to play in that contest. And that was back before the days uh, where you had proxies. <laughs> uh, you had to put in your picks every week yourself. And I had a top 10 finish. That's what put me on the map. You know, how did Teddy Covers get created? Teddy Covers got created off of that top 10 finish back in 99. Uh, that was the start. Uh, that was my second football season out in Vegas. Uh, and the first one that I had some real success in, <laughs> certainly uh, on the pro level. The first year I had a real good year in college, uh, but the NFL was 50-50. The second year I was out here, the college was good and the NFL was good, and the Teddy Covers brand uh, was born. So... There's a lure for these contests, all right? It can build your brand. It can build your name. It can give you all kinds of bragging rights. And bragging rights matter. Certainly, you know, uh, there are guys in town who don't need to win these contests, all right? It's not about the prize pool. It's about the bragging rights, you know? If you have a good finish, if you make the money in any of these contests, you had a good football season. You got something you can brag about with your friends. Your friends will brag about you to their friends. And 
Uh, again, you know, this show, we spend a lot of time talking about dollars and cents. We talk about teams to bet on. We don't talk about the emotional aspect of it. But when you, I'm not talking about winning the contest. When you win a in one of these contests, you can get a seven-figure payout. It'll change your existence. All right, for many people. <laughs> but just finishing in the money in these contests, in any of these contests, just making the money or being contention to make the money, it tells you, A, I'm doing something right. All right, I'm not hopeless at this. Maybe I'm pretty good at this. If you have a good season and you're in the running for the money, it keeps you, you know, I'm not going to say it keeps you grounded. It goes the other direction. It makes you think, hey, I don't suck. Maybe I'm okay. <laughs> and not that you necessarily need that type of reinforcement, but the fact that it's something you can brag about, the fact that you're something your friends will be proud of you and brag about for you, that's meaningful for these contests. It really is. Now, um, there are new contests this year. There's a season win contest over at the Westgate Superbook that I think is great. I haven't entered it yet, but I will. Now, the Survivor contest I'm not as big a fan of. You know, uh, and the reason is real simple. They're really hard to win. And in general, in Survivor, if it's not a winner-take-all, it's pretty darn close. And if I had a good year and I picked a, you know, one winner in 15 weeks in a row and then I walk away with nothing, those are frustrating. And that's the advantage of the contests that you, know, you put in five picks a week, which is fairly typical now, whether it's you know, college football, some of them have seven picks a week uh, that you put in. But the NFL ones are the big boys. You know? And the five picks a week, the super contest format, the DraftKings Pro Football Millionaire format, that tends to be, in my mind, the best contest to enter. Now, when you're talking about actually making the money or winning these things, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is avoid the dead week. You know, the weeks that'll kill you are the 0-5s, the 1-4s. If you have a bad week, it's got to be 2-3. and um, But if you can avoid the 0-5s and the 1-4s, oh, uh, you can be very live. And again, you know, uh, pros to the contest, you get an interaction all season off of one wager. There's lots of mini contests. There's a chance to make money, real money, even if you get off to a bad start. Some of the cons, it is a big chunk of change for recreational bettors. A bad start means you're not likely to be able to win. And some of these contests paying out 5% of the field or even less. To me, that makes it real tight. I like contests that pay a little bit deeper than just 5%. And let's not forget, the pressure ratchets up the last few weeks. If you're in contention, don't miss that. Because the pressure is going to come. Contests or wagers. Las Vegas Chris coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's go time here on Cover It with Teddy Covers, Sirius XM Channel 204, The Sports Grid, a radio network. Excited to bring in my next guest, Chris Zanuck. We call him Las Vegas Chris. Everyone calls him Las Vegas Chris. He's at Las Vegas Chris on Twitter. That's C-R-I-S, no H in this Las Vegas Chris. 
Welcome to the program, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Uh, thank you for having me. Hey, the pleasure's mine. And I started this hour off talking about the football contests, both here in Vegas and around the country. I talked about how the Teddy Covers original coming out party came in a top 10 finish in the uh, legendary super contest back in 1999. You're a guy who's had a lot of contest success. You put time, energy, effort, thoughts in a contest. And last year was pretty remarkable. Talk about what you did last year here in the football contest here in Las Vegas. And tell me a little bit about some of your contest cash because it wasn't just last year. You made the money in 2019, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So brag for a minute. Well, uh, uh, in 2019, I had uh, two entries in Circa and finished 20th and 31st. And then last year on my two entries, I finished second and fifth. Uh, so the, out of the four entries, I'm averaging 64%. I had a, a nice payday. And uh, believe it or not, 35% of my picks are different. So I'm averaging almost seven picks a week instead of the standard five. So I'm kind of proud of that because uh, I, I use different entries. But uh, I, I've had previous success winning uh, stations last man standing. Uh, I've gone out the final day of the NFL twice. Uh, I uh, won the Palms contest. Uh, I won the win eliminator contest. Uh, uh, regular season first and second uh, place finishes in Golden Nugget and uh, obviously playoffs. and That pretty much sums it up. That's a pretty good resume, man. I mean, I don't know a lot of guys with that many contest wins and caches in that many different contests. Now, I want to ask you, uh, in my intro uh, to this segment, I was talking about how I personally am not as big a fan of the Survivor Contest, where you're picking one a week, as opposed to the broader contest where you're picking five a week. Talk about Survivor strategy versus the broader contest strategy. Is there a big difference in what you do? Yeah, I mean, Survivor is actually a little bit easier than people realize. Uh, it, it, the simple goal is to pick games that other people are not picking. So you, you just always have to remember, you, you can't win it if you're picking the same games as everybody else is picking. Uh, so uh, that, that's that's something that you really have to remember uh, on private games or the, the Circa Survivor, any of those games. You want to be different in a Survivor contest. So Survivor, you're looking for variance. When it comes to general, I mean, talk about proper contest strategy with the five picks a week. Early season strategy versus mid-season strategy versus late-season strategy. Uh, talk to me a little bit about you know how you approach the five picks a week against the spread uh, type of contest. That's obviously what the Circa Millions was and what you've done so well with in recent years. Well, the number one thing, uh, I get a lot of grief from people that want to consult with me and they want to know who I like. Uh, and I don't know who I like until probably, I don't even start thinking about it until about an hour before the deadlines do, uh, uh, you know, seriously thinking about it. I mean, I've got some games swimming around in my head, but why do I want to get games locked in my head and get married to them for no reason when I could have COVID issues come up or an injury situation uh, or a variety of other weather issues or 
you know, God only knows what. So there's really no purpose to spend any mental energy deciding on who I'm going to want and laboring over it. What my, my, what my focus is, is just gathering information and keeping an open mind. And that's what I suggest to people in general is don't get, you know, predisposed to like certain teams before you have to bet them. So you're really talking about, you know, saying an hour before the deadline of when the picks are due, you haven't started thinking, well, you've thought about it, but you haven't locked in on any plays. You really think that when you're talking about that extra, because a lot of people put in plays, let's say, on Friday, and they're not due until Saturday, or they put in plays on Saturday, and they're not due until Sunday morning. You really think it's definitely a good strategy to wait until as close to the last minute as you can before you decide which games you're going to pick for the week. Oh, absolutely. Especially in the COVID era, you, you have no choice. And as torturous as it is, it really makes things difficult because uh, I can I can tell you every Saturday was just grief uh, because it, the contest deadline for Circa was pretty close to the uh, when they would spit out some of the injury news. And, and you really had to wait to the last minute uh, with that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you you don't submit picks before you have to. Anything can happen. So I, I kind of touched on like early season strategies versus mid-season strategies versus late season strategies. Do you change your approach as the season progresses or is it pretty much the same week one to week 18 in the NFL this year? Um, or is there a different approach you're going to look at the first few weeks versus mid-season versus when the pressure ratchets up late? Well, I had to uh, do two different styles last year because one of my entries was a steady Eddie. I, I was three and two or better uh, every week until week 12 when I went two, two and one. But uh, the other entry went down the, uh, the pooper and was down in the 2800. So I had to scrap everything and I had to play that one very aggressively. And I had to uh, I had. Now, what does that mean, games. Chris? When you say play it very aggressively, like explain to our audience exactly what that means. Well, I, I use a, a math model as a starter point for uh, what I'm going to consider for the games every week, and uh, it's a, it's hard to explain in, in a short period of time. But a math model is not going to allow you to go to extremes. Uh, I haven't had an zero and five week, and. I haven't had an own five week. I have very few one and four weeks. Uh, by the same token, I don't really have any five and zero weeks. You know, where I had a couple of last year. Uh, but if I follow the ma- if I make sure I don't follow the model, then I have a better percentage of going for five and zero. Uh, uh, if that makes any sense, uh, sure. you know, I want to I want to avoid the half points. I don't want any half. I don't want to uh, get a half point, uh, so uh, you know, on a tie. So I'm cha- I'm always taking half points. I'm taking different games. I'm trying to gain, so I'm trying not to take the popular games that I know people are going to be on, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to avoid my normal games as much as possible. So it sounds like you're talking a little bit of contrarian strategy here in both contests. You're like, if you fall behind in the one, you can't be picking the popular games. And if you're in the Survivor Contest, you can't ever be picking the popular games. Uh, we've got a, just about a minute before the break. Talk about a contra- your, your contrarian thought processes 
when it comes to winning these or placing in these contests? Uh, you know, let me get back to Survivor since a lot of people are, are, are interested in that. Uh, two quick examples. Thanksgiving Day, you had Washington and Dallas. You knew, the game was basically a pick but you knew 75 to 80% of the people were going to be on Dallas. So you, you were basically getting three or four to one odds that your equity would improve by three or four fold for taking Washington as basically a pick So you had to take that game. You had no choice. And then secondly, all when people well, let's were getting the second example, the let's take that second example after the break, uh, Chris, because we are sure. uh, coming up against it. But I'm going to ask you about that second example. I'm going to ask you about the contest you're excited about this year. I'm going to ask you about rule changes. And then we're going to start talking bet on and bet against teams, one from every division. Plenty more to come here with Las Vegas Chris. Stay tuned. Cover it. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Tune in by following us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow my guest, Las Vegas Chris, on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris. No H in Las Vegas Chris. Now, before the break, we were talking about contest and contest strategy. Um, and I kind of cut you off. Talk about that second example where you were saying that playing contrarian in these pick'em type games can really pay off. Uh, yeah, and the, the Washington Dallas example was a pick'em style game where you know uh, three to four times the amount of people are going to be on one side than the other. You have to take the other side because you're getting three to four times odds uh, on your equity that you're going to get if you win. So what's the point of advancing with the herd when you can really, you know, take a big giant leap on a coin flip? Uh, uh, another example that people were not taking advantage of, and I, I did tweet this out at the time, uh, the Jets going to Seattle. Everybody in Survivor was going to take the Jets, and I, and I pointed out, you can't do that. The, the, you love these games, but you can't play those games. These are the games that you love because you know everybody's going to be on there and you want to be one of these people that are on a different game. And Seattle started off pretty rocky in that game, uh, but did end up winning. But the next game, exact same strategy, 17-point favorite, goes down in flames uh, with the Rams. And you should have never been on the Rams for that second game. You cannot play those games with those big, giant favorites because they're your friends. Those are your best friends in a survivor contest are those big giant point spread games that you're never going to be on. 
because other people are going to be on them, and sooner or later they're going to be on one that loses. Las Vegas, Chris, are there any new contests you're excited about this year here in Vegas or around the country? And are there any rule changes in the contest that are worth noting for 2021? Uh, it, there's been a couple of minor rule changes. They changed the tiebreaker uh, in Circa at my suggestion. Uh, they had a really bad tiebreaker in, uh, but now it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, just based on how you, you did instead of where you came from in position. Uh, they changed the rule for postponements and cancellations. It doesn't sound like a big deal, uh, but the rule was if a game was postponed, both players got zero. Now, how unfair is that for an act of God that not only can you not get a full point, you can't get a half a point, and it was completely out of your control because you're certainly not going to select the game if, it's a COVID game. So uh, they changed that rule to at Circa, you get a half a point each. Uh, and they pointed it out to Westgate, and then they changed it to one full point for the winner of a forfeit, which, uh, which I don't agree with that either because a forfeit is still a random act of God. So, uh, but it's, you know, at least somebody gets a point instead of both people getting zero. So, uh, any- and then as far as. Oh, as far as any of the new interesting yeah. games, uh, Westgate has this contest where you pick every over-under, every team win, uh, win total, and uh, it's inexpensive. I think it's like two or $300 to get in with a uh, full payout. And uh, I'm looking forward to playing that one. And is that, uh, now, is there juice factor in there, or is it just a, an over-under on uh, any given number? I think it's just an over. I, I, I would imagine they just have half points uh, for every team. Uh, I haven't. I, I didn't even know they were having it till a few days ago. It's very underpromoted. Yeah, that's one that I've got my eye on, and I haven't signed up for it yet. But I'll be in that contest with you, Chris, before the regular the season begins. All right. I appreciate your contest strategy. I appreciate your contest talk. But now. It's time for bettable opinions. And there's eight divisions in the NFL. I want a bettable opinion for each one. I don't care if it's a bet on team. I don't care if it's a bet against team. I don't care if it's an over team. I don't care if it's an under team. But I want something. Let's start in the AFC East. We have the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets, and the Patriots. I'm looking at New England as a team that's a dead nuts under squad this year. I don't see the Patriots has, having a lot of big plays. I don't see New England as a team that's going to put up points in bunches. And I like Belichick's defense a whole lot. I'm predicting New England to be playing lower scoring games, just like we saw on Thursday night, uh, where the defense dominated against Philly, the offense, long, slow, methodical drives. That's what the Pats want to do. So I've got New England as an under team. What do you have in terms of bettable opinions for the AFC East? Oh, you were meaning uh, like uh, for totals for uh, weekly games rather than for yeah. season-long wins, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I agree with that assessment because uh, their their, uh, uh, their offensive line should dominate, uh, and they should just grind clock. And as you said, their defense is pretty good. So I, I do agree with you there. Uh, I'm I'm really not a good totals guy. Uh, uh, so it would be uh, irresponsible of me to, to comment on that. But uh, uh, if, if you're looking for teams in that division, I, I, you know, what's really important to me 
going in and looking at these divisions is realizing that anything can happen. There's always going to be a handful of teams that were supposed to stink that come out of nowhere. And there's a handful of great teams that just lay eggs. And it might be injuries, it might be age. You know, look at San Francisco last year. I mean, it, that, they were 13 and 3 the week the year before. So, you know, take a look at the Buffalo Bills. Uh you know, two years ago, Josh Allen was a 31st-rated quarterback. He came out of college with a 55% completion rate. They just gave this guy a huge payday for one decent season. Uh, I'm not necessarily a believer in the Bills. Boy, they do look good, and I supported them all last year, and I'm not going to root against them. But you know, it's a lot of things can go wrong, and this guy can uh, you know, go back to normal after just one season. He should have had to put in another season to get a contract like that. So Buffalo is a potential team that may be a notch or two overvalued in the marketplace out of the AFC East. Let's stay in the AFC and move down south. And I look at the AFC South as the single weakest division in all of football, in the entire NFL. Would you agree or disagree? Do you think there's a division worse in the AFC South? Uh, is the South the the Titans division? It is. Titans. Oh, okay. Colts, Jaguars. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 division is just brutal. It, 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 uh, I don't think Indianapolis is is as bad as people think they're going to be. I think they have a lot of discipline, a great system, and they've always been under the radar. They're the team that I have bet the most on. Uh, over the last two seasons because they're always undervalued. And in that same division, you've got to have the teeter-totter. Who's the most overvalued team every year? It's Tennessee. And I was 6-1 and one last year betting against Texas, uh, Tennessee. And the only game I lost was because of a COVID situation uh, at the last minute with Indianapolis. So uh, with that in mind, just, just don't overvalue the Titans. Uh, it, it, their their defense is just atrocious. I really look for Tannehill, who's been one of the top one, two, three quarterbacks statistically for two straight years. He can't keep that up. Uh, there's got to be some regression there, and they can't run uh, Derrick Henry into the ground anymore. Look for him to have a lot less uh, uh, carries, uh, and they're going to try to save him. So uh, they I, and and. and uh, uh, who's the, uh, the the wide receiver they got from Atlanta? You know his health issues are are a problem also. So, but you know who knows what's going to happen with Houston? But you know Houston might be a team that you want to bet with because nobody's going to want to bet on them. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with taking Houston against Jacksonville week one. Uh, I'm not convinced the Jags are ready to be road favorites at the open of the season. But Houston and Jacksonville both coming to the campaign. Uh, amongst the bottom quartile, uh, more than the bottom quartile, I think they're both in the bottom four uh, in the NFL in anybody's power ratings. And it's not like Tennessee or Indy is this juggernaut like, let's say, the NFC North, where everybody looks weak, and, and but Green Bay may well be a juggernaut. The AFC South is noticeably weaker. We've got a couple of minutes before the break, actually less than two minutes before the break, but let's get started with our next division. And we'll talk about the AFC North, where Baltimore and Cleveland look to be contenders. There's a lot of 
mixed opinions about the Pittsburgh Steelers this year in Cincinnati expected to hold up the rear in that division. Real quick, we got a bet on or a bet against team from the AFC North. Oh, I think, uh, I don't know how Cincinnati's possibly going to get up to their win total. Uh, and again, this is a caveat. I'm not a real futures fan. I don't like having, you know, futures uh, to, you know, with bad predispositions in my head that get in my, you know, judgment uh, through the regular season. But uh, I, I, I don't see how Cincinnati is, is going to get there. They didn't address their offensive line help, uh, and their defense is atrocious. Uh, their schedule, boy, I went up and down that schedule, and I, boy, that's going to be tough to get five, six wins. And uh, I think you can get under six and a half on this. Uh, and I worry about the, the the Browns look so good, but they're going to. I think they're going to be a bet against team week to week because I think people love the Browns, and I think they're going to be overinflated. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland's one of those teams that they might end up being really good and still not making backers money because Cleveland's going to be a profitable team this year. They're going to have to win games by margin. More coming up after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. into the NFL with Las Vegas. Chris, we're going division by division. It's talking about bettable opinions. A bet on team, a bet against team, a team you want to bet over their total every week, a team you want to bet under their total every week. And we've gone through three divisions already, which leaves us five to go here. And let's go out to the AFC West. And obviously, it's the Chiefs and everybody else in this division. First, is there any chance you can make money with Kansas City this year after they were such a point-bread disaster last year? And is there anyone else's division that you've highlighted? I personally am pretty high on the Denver Broncos. I don't care if Locker Bridgewater wins the job. I like Denver's skills and talent. I like their line, and I really like their defense. Talk to me about the AFC West. I'm very optimistic with you, Teddy, on Denver. Uh, you know, they didn't have their best uh, offensive player last year. They didn't have their best uh, defensive player last year. They had other injuries. They went, uh, you know, what, five quarterbacks deep. Uh, they had, they just had a lot of things go wrong. And they still actually were not complete and utter disasters. They were in a lot of games. Uh, they filled a lot of holes this year. They have, you know, somewhat of a favorable schedule. And, you know, if they can just get out uh, of September with some wins, since they're 0-7 the last two, uh, it'd be nice for them to get a nice head start. I, I, I know people that are really down on Denver. I think they have a better, uh, higher upside. I, don't, is, I think the quarterback competition is going to help both of them perform better. I really do. But uh, as far as 
I, I don't understand how the Raiders can keep up in that division. They obviously have lots of great offense. Uh, Carr hit 67% uh, last year. He, he had 27 touchdowns, only nine picks. He was only sacked 28 times. Uh, their third down def- uh, uh, efficiency was 46%. Uh, they did a lot of things right on offense, but uh, we know that their defense was garbage, and it's not going to be any better this year. And they basically cost themselves some offensive line support, and that's going to put more pressure on Carr. Let's see if he can do that again when they're coming in a lot faster this year. Their schedule is just a nightmare. If you take a look at that schedule, how are they ever going to get to eight, eight wins? I, I think it's going to be tough for them to get seven wins. And uh, I, I want to ask about the Raiders because this is a team, obviously, that made a massive overhaul of their offensive line in the offseason. And we looked at that offensive line as an elite unit for years. And it seems like there's been this knee-jerk reaction to the Raiders' offensive line departure this offseason, saying the offensive line is going to stink. That means the Raiders are going to stink because their defense is no good. And i got to think that as an organization, they had a plan for the guys that they let go, right? I mean, it's not like they're going to the season with an offensive line flying completely blind. Do the Raiders have a plan? Well, the, you know, the problem was is they didn't have the money because they wanted to pay a running back $11 million for some reason. Uh, you know, I don't think you have to pay running backs $11 million, do you? Uh, uh, not can you drink, you don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's stay out west to talk the end. Oh, sorry, did you, did you want to talk? Uh, no, go uh, ahead. Come back more on the Raiders? Because you, you have more on the Raiders, go. No, 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 but just touching on Kansas City, you know, I, I did really well betting against them last year. I, I think people get scared of teams, uh, and this year people are going to be scared of Buffalo. They're going to be scared of Cleveland. And at what point do does a team actually, you know, become the team that they're playing like instead of their potential? At some point, you're going to have to pivot off of supporting some of these teams and, and look at what they're actually doing instead of not what they're what they're supposed to be doing. And that's a really important point that Chris just made there. All of these opinions that we have here in August. All right. One, they're going to change by September. Two, even if you're right in September, it doesn't mean we're going to be able to make money with these teams in October or November or December. The marketplace changes and the best handicappers are able to flow through those changes and find new bet on and or bet against teams on a weekly basis. Let's talk. Yeah, the important thing is to, the important thing is to pivot and not overreact because you know, when week two, week three comes, you're going to want to overreact. You're going to see stuff that's like, Oh my God. And you can't, you can't necessarily do that. You just have to have an open mind. When you look at every team, I'm telling you, I've been through every team, every one of these teams, can I can make a case for them to have three extra wins or three fewer losses. So anything can happen. Trust me. NFC West, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, Seahawks. Someone we like, someone we don't like. That's the Yahtzee division. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've got two Yahtzee divisions, and this is one of them. I, I think the bet against team is going to be the Rams. I love Stafford. Uh, I, you know, they had a great defense last year, uh, but they've lost their defensive coordinator. 
and there's high expectations on them. They've had a lot of people leave. They lost six head coaches or six coaches, and they have zero depth. I mean, they cannot handle any injuries. And we're talking about a team that it, this is the kind of injury luck they've had. They've had this second, first, eighth, fourth, first, first amount of injuries in the NFL over this period of time. They're injured and banged up every single year. Are they all of a sudden going to stay healthy this year? They've blown, a, blown out a tire with their draft picks. They didn't get anybody in this year, and they don't have any coming up, and they have no depth. So injuries are going to destroy that team. I look at uh, Arizona. If things go right for them, they have a shot. Uh, Seattle, they're always up and down. Uh, they're a solid team. They could finish anywhere. I guess when you look at San Francisco, I, I can't find five losses. I, I really can't. If they stay healthy and Kittle stays healthy, I, I really think that they're the best team in that division. But we, we saw last year what happens if they get injured. They actually have the exact same problem that the Rams have. Uh, every year, they're down at the they're in the bottom third over the last eight years. For eight years straight, they've had the bottom third of health in the NFL. So, so they all like San You like San Fran? It doesn't matter if it's Jimmy G or Mac Jones behind center. As a roster, you like this 49ers team, correct? Yeah, I mean they're they're a full package. You know they've got a little uh, they've got people everywhere, and they have some some depth. I mean they, their stats were actually pretty darn good last year for as banged up as they were. I had them rated as the 16th best defense. That's pretty darn good for not having anybody. And they were yeah. they were 21st offense. You know on my rankings, that's not horrible. We've got just about five minutes left with Las Vegas, Chris. Let's talk NFC South. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. Who do we want to bet on or bet against in this division? Well, I think uh, the public is jumping on Atlanta, and they're kind of the, the, the you know the equivalent of your public dog uh, that you want to avoid. I, I, I think Atlanta's going to get some love. Carolina, I think, is going to get two-way action. I think betting on New Orleans, you might get some uh, some value because nobody wants to bet New Orleans all of a sudden. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to be a steady eddy, but they're going to be like uh, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to end up sitting players uh, and uh, gearing up for the playoffs. So you don't know what their effort's going to be, but they're they're going to be a steady eddy all year. So it sounds like New Orleans, out of that force, foursome, Seems to be a team that you think may well be some value betting on. Of course, the Saints, too, with a QB battle here in the preseason. But without Drew Brees, the market's not quite as high in New Orleans as they've been. I think the NFC North is every bit, maybe not quite as bad as the AFC South. I think the Packers are better uh, than the Colts or Titans. But I'm not sold on the Lions. I'm not sold on the Bears. I'm not sold on the Vikings. Talk to me about this division. The Detroit Lions have to replace over 11,000 snaps from last year. Think about that. The turnover is just simply absurd. They, uh, somebody mentioned that, for a fact, this isn't a joke, the wide receiving core for Ohio State is better than the Detroit Lions. So that's what kind of shape they're in. But spirits are high, and the Campbell may be a quack, but uh, they will have a positive attitude. The, the Bears schedule is, is unbelievable. I mean, they just had the worst of it. If, if you go game by game, I don't know how they're going to hit eight wins. I don't think they can. Uh, 
so I think that they're they're going to face some difficulties no matter who goes in quarterback. Uh, you know, the kid should learn from Dalton. Dalton actually has some excellent stats. He's not a bad quarterback. He gets a bad rep. And I think Minnesota may be overrated. Here's what's going to happen. All these teams suck, but the, but the games go to the other divisions that they play, which is the uh, uh, NFC or uh, NFC West and the uh, Baltimore's division in the AFC. So that's where the, the, the lack of winning are going to go to the team totals. And last but not least, the NFC East, the worst division in football last year. This year, is there any hope for any of these teams? Well, this is my second Yahtzee division because I think anything can happen. Uh, you can't throw out Philadelphia. I'm hearing that the press thinks very highly of what's happening there and that the players are really uh, backing the quarterback there. And so, you know, but they could dump. They've got a mountain of draft picks next year. So the lower they finish, now you get exponential value on all those early round picks that they have next year. So you're just going to have to see uh, what happens. I, nobody knows what's going to happen. And then the Giants, Giants are, are a little bit of a public team that people can get behind, but uh, they've got problems. And it, it, Daniel Jones has got to either show up this year or he's going to be gone. He, all he has to do, though, is not make mistakes. Uh, he has to be like Eric Kramer when he took the Lions to the playoffs. Just don't make mistakes, and, and, and the team will have success. Uh, but I'll tell you, how much time do we have, Teddy? We got less than two minutes, and you still got to promote. The Washington team, let's look at the, They had, uh, let's take a look at their schedule. They play the Chargers. That's not an easy win. A lot of people are really high on the Chargers. Then they play the Giants. That's another pick them game. So both of those games can go either way. So they could start off 0-2. They go to Buffalo, probably a loss. They go to Atlanta, which is supposed to be you know, on the upswing. They could be 0-4 there. They play New Orleans. Maybe they get a win against New Orleans. But now you go to Kansas City, Green at Green Bay, and at Denver. They could go into their bye week with one win. I mean... It's not out of the question. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but that's not insane that that could happen. You know, that's all within reasonability. When they come out of that bye, they play Tampa Bay. They have to go to Carolina. Then they have Seattle. I mean, they could be like 1-11. It's possible. A lot of people so, are high on them. I'm not that high on them. The Washington football team is the potential bet against squad. And, of course, Chris... This is what makes you the anti-tout. Instead of promoting your service, you talked about the Washington Redskins. So I'll do it real quick for you. You can follow him on Twitter, at Las Vegas Chris. That's C-R-I-S. Obviously, a long-time Vegas resident and a guy who's been pretty good in the contest over the years. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on Cover Today. Best of luck. I hope you My have pleasure. a great season. We'll have you back. You too. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
We're in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid or Radio Network. I want to give you guys a bettable opinion for the NFL preseason. Let's talk Monday Night Football. This one's fascinating to me. It really is. Right now, I'm seeing the Saints minus four, minus four and a half total, sitting anywhere from 39 and a half to 40 and a half. Jacksonville on Monday night, or no, last week, the Saints played the uh, This week, the Saints played the Jags. Last week, the Jags played the Browns. It was the Jags starters against the Browns backups. And you know what? It was a mismatch. Cleveland's backups were better than Jacksonville starters. Uh, Browns had 240 yards at halftime. The Jags had just 120. Urban Meyer, quote, everyone's reminding me it's a 20-game season, so a 19-game season left. Just disappointed offensively. I don't like slow offenses. I don't want to be one of those slow, wallowing offenses. We'll get that fixed. That's an overquote for this better. <laughs> Myers, quote, concerning? Yeah, everything concerning. It's my job to be concerned. All right. The Saints, six turnovers, ten penalties against Baltimore last week. A little bit different type of defense this time around. They were chucking it around, 43 dropbacks versus only 18 rush attempts. Six yards per play, which is pretty good <laughs> for a preseason game. And again, when you have a QB battle, Winston and Hill, you can expect these quarterbacks to get opportunities to throw the football. So, what are we looking at Monday night? We're looking at the over between the Jags and the Saints. Again, you can find a couple of 39 and a halfs out there now. 40, 40 and a half, not the best of the number. Nonetheless, I could only take this game up and over. And that's going to wrap it for Cover It with Teddy Covers this week. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to hang out with me right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 204. Be sure to stay on the grid. We'll do it again next weekend. Two editions of Cover It with Teddy Covers. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. Between now and then, enjoy the games. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name.